Welcome to the Yo Yo Arm Podcast. Time to listen up and download with Claire and Rosie. They're gonna be talking deep and meaningful. Yo Yo Arm. Yo Yo Arm. Welcome back, guys, to the second episode of the Yo Yo Arm podcast with myself, Claire McGrath. And Rosie Hart. <laughs> and we are here and very excited for the second one. We had such a great response from the first one. So thank you guys for that. Thanks to everyone who shared it. Thanks for your cool questions that we got in. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's like cool to see people uh, kind of coming back with like how we opened their eyes to some stuff or mm-hmm. made them think a little bit deeper. And that's kind of our goal for this podcast. So yeah, it was cool to see that reflected back to us. So rock on guys keep the questions coming in and keep engaging and we'll bring you more so yeah we're gonna start on that note start off with a listener question for this um this week's episode and we've kind of felt this week we'd already picked the theme before we got this question and our our theme is how your external affects your internal world and how your internal and how you feel reflects your external so (laughs) sounds Hmm. a bit big (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a lot to cover in this one Mm. so um but both super excited to be um talking about this Mm. Mm. the question we got in relation to that is from nikki um we've actually worked with nikki she's one of our clients um so it's cool to get a question from her and she said who were our influences throughout our lives uh childhood school college friends music work blah 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 and why and then she also asked who did we want to be when we were growing up Mm, cool thanks Nikki um I'll kick off yeah yeah um so I guess like a big one for me um most people (laughs) parents of course um but one of the big things that I uh, figured out a couple of years ago was my mum and the way she is um massively conditioned me especially around body image And what I realised with my mum was, and with other people, it's not as much as what someone says, especially with a parent, it's kind of them being the example. Um, And my mum was always really body confident, really happy with her body. I never, I have absolutely no um, memory of ever seeing her talking about having a diet or ever kind of pulling at the fat on her stomach like I can imagine a lot of mums do Mm. that Um, and yeah I can imagine perhaps a lot of uh, mums and dads kind of putting themselves down in front of kids but then telling the kids that they're beautiful and oh god don't you know don't put yourself down you're perfect you're beautiful but yet the parent hasn't been the example of that Mm -hmm. Um, so that was that's definitely been something that has been um, a good uh, thing that conditioned me mm-hmm. in the way that I've kind of... Obviously, everybody has these um, parts about themselves that kind of play out where they're like, mm, today I don't like that or whatever. But I think in general, that was huge for me um, and made me really very comfortable in my own skin mm-hmm. um, and, and never really question or be concerned about diet or yeah like it just didn't even really come into my awareness Mm. until 
you know, once really getting into bodybuilding and, and then it was like, oh, the body. <laughs> What's this thing? <laughs> yeah. So that was a big a big one for me. And similar with friends and stuff, I, I, I was very fortunate that everyone that I was around growing up, it just didn't seem to be something that came about. Mm. Everybody was different shapes and sizes. Um, but like I would definitely say um, all through... At primary school anyway definitely like I never had any you're just not aware are you mm. really of, of body and stuff um and then yeah like so I, I think all in all I had quite a, a fortunate experience of conditioning for that kind of thing mm. around body image. yeah yeah and then for me like around that it was kind of the opposite mm. in some ways in some ways I was not aware as well until I was a teenager but then I was very much aware of my mother's body image issues because she used to kind of hate herself uh not outwardly but I would catch her looking in the mirror and like like you say like pulling out her fat and mm. stuff and just not being happy with her stomach after having kids and that kind of thing and you, you don't really think it's shaping you but you definitely model yourself from your parents and you watch their behaviors and you watch how they're and then you mm -hmm. feel like you need to be a certain way to be loved or accepted or anything like that and then I have specific memories around that as well uh, when I went to Irish college and be, being suddenly aware of my body because other people were talking about they needed to run to stay in shape and they need to watch their food and diet and all of that and I just wasn't aware of it before that so mm. that was the first time I became concerned about it and then being a gymnast uh my coach kind of was very strict about food and like how light you were and stuff so that was definitely and the people you're around in gymnastics as well they're all very body aware because you're in little leotards mm. so that was definitely coming into my awareness as a teenager but in regards to like influences growing up um like with I guess and how it shapes you the media was probably a bigger shaper of me because I spent mm -hmm. so much time by myself and in terms of like how that actually affects who you are and who you become I was certainly not aware of it on the scale that I just became aware of this week um how the media can actually shape you so we were just having a chat before this about like music and pop culture and like the influences that that has on you and I have this memory and had this massive realization just this week about how Destiny's Child shaped who I am <laughs> or who I became as a teenager so that album um the Survivor album mm -hmm. I, I went through like a phase of like being bullied and isolated uh in my teens and I it just sounds like it sounds like it was a phase like you chose to do yeah I just went through this phase <laughs> Of being you know that phase that we all go through it's, we? it's funny you say chose to do it I absolutely chose to be mm, a victim of it mm. so I did choose to isolate myself mm -hmm. in that scenario but that was just me protecting myself <laughs> so when you understand how you manifest things now it's, it's actually funny. not far from the truth it's yeah. not it's, yeah. it's tr like I'm trying to be clear about my language I did choose mm. to be a victim of that in that time but it was just to protect myself mm -hmm. so I retreated back into my shell isolated myself away from my friends um because it was painful it was a painful experience and then every single night it was listening to this damn survivor album from destiny's child so it, like and this is a hundred percent shaped who i became after that because the survivor if you listen to that song and the messages in it it's all about strong independent women uh, i'm a survivor uh i don't need you like the whole thing is crazy about 
being strong and then their video is like they're all ripped mm. they're on this like desert island in these tiny little sexy outfits and they're just like these badass chicks mm. and that whole album has like different songs in it that are kind of different vibes so like there's bootylicious and the minute that came on like i listened to this album this week and that's why it all came back mm. and it's funny how the things come up as well because i just watched the clip from x factor about someone that was bullied and they had a tattoo that said stay strong and it was like oh my god this is where it's all come from <laughs> the survivor one feels like it just keeps you more isolated because mm. it's like Desert me against Island. the whole world like you know no matter what comes my way i can survive this by me, myself me, me, me. I, I yeah mm. it's um battle mm. and it is desert island stuff and that's the the whole theme of that one and then after it there was the bootylicious one which is like sexy dancing um you know it was kind of like to attract the male so it was like then there was another song called nasty nasty girl put some clothes on but the way they structured the songs was almost like saying giving you all this information about not having clothes on but then mm -hmm. almost making it cool so then i started when i was going out as a teenager i started wearing like no clothes mm. going to the discos i was dressing like britney spears i'm a slave for you was obsessed with all of these christina aguilera dirty mm. like used to do these mad uh, slut drop crazy dancing that, to copy the routines in nightclubs and stuff mm. just because i had conditioned and programmed myself by watching these videos listening to this music on repeat every single night like literally every night for about a year it's such a confused um, message as well being conditioned sort of uh, don't don't wear um, slutty clothes because you're trash mm. but then they're wearing slutty mm -hmm. clothes so you're like well they're that looks nice it. and then it's like messages of independent woman survivor but hey wear these clothes to attract a man mm, yeah. so it's like hang on what mm. are they poor kids kind mm. of what should I do what should I be doing and then shamed for wearing little clothes mm. and and feeling like they're wrong mm. or and what was reflected to me then when that happened to me because I was shamed for it mm. and it would have been peers that were jealous I was in good shape from looking after myself because I was body conscious so I was wearing these tiny little butterfly literally like a Britney Spears top how old was this? Mm, I would say like 16, 17 probably. Yeah. 17, 18. Kind of 16 to 18 probably. Because then I went to college. Um, so really just kind of trying to figure out who I was as a teenager. And then going through that phase of being isolated and bullied. Coming out the other side feeling like girls were not safe. So I was always pushing away female friendships. And then feeling like I needed to attract a male. And the way to do that I had learned through the media was mm. to wear these tiny clothes and do these dances mm. and literally because I had programmed myself from listening to this music and when this bomb dropped for me last week or, or this week I was like whoa <laughs> shit yeah, that like, has been... who am I am I Beyonce <laughs> like what energy's running through me and the way the songs are created is it's crazy because myself and Rosie have been studying hypnotherapy and we're going to talk a lot about this but the way they've actually created the music, it goes into your left and your right ear in a certain way. This actually tricks your brain when you're mm. in that sleep state, which is when I was listening to it mm -hmm. anyway, before I went to bed, like I was in bed listening to this music. It sends you into a certain trance state and then they subliminally drop in words mm -hmm. and messages that really become part of who you are and that really influence you in your subconscious mm. that you're not aware of. And the way, if you this go back and listen to this album, go on, listen to the Survivor album, in between the tracks, halfway through the whole album, there's little messages dropped 
and you think like they're mantras mm, almost they're little mantras and yeah. just words and you kind of think oh they feel like empowering messages mm. but all of those messages were to raise the non-divine feminine mm -hmm. so it was the shadow feminine mm. it's like the porn industry you know degrading mm -hmm. um it's saying materialism yeah. must have more money yeah. must have this must have that these big mm -hmm. jewelry and all these different glitzy glam things mm. to be like none worthy. of them, none of them are saying you need to have a to be a nice person or like to be a good mum. <laughs> Doesn't sell, does it? <laughs> hey, you're a really nice person. <laughs> Just be good. It's like Yeah. It's messed up. <laughs> it's so messed up. But yeah, that's like a big thing that's just come into my awareness. And then we delved we went into that rabbit hole of how the media influences mm. um people now. You know, the news. It's so crazy, like, just looking into... I mean, if you now, at home, look through your uh, playlist, go and have a little uh, listen to some of the songs that you are listening to on repeat and listen to the words, listen to the lyrics. What are they saying? Mm -hmm. What kind of feeling is it eliciting when you're listening to it so like is it sad yeah angry. is it does it make you feel sad is it making you feel angry um like you can really start to pay attention and and learn a lot from the from the music and things that you're drawn to the things that you're drawn to can kind of give you a good mirror of where you are energetically hmm. um but also so where you are already inside so what you're attracting but then also what you are allowing in mm -hmm. um so if you if you're kind of being drawn to all these kind of fear state uh, media um things that are going on on facebook and and all these different platforms what is it in the in you that is already holding that kind of fear vibration mm -hmm. or energy however you'd like to to say it. yeah or anger and and then it's like paying attention to if you because like I watched something on Facebook the other day like I get roped in on that like <laughs> I'll hardly ever go on but then before you know it I'm like why am I watching this like the weirdest <laughs> video about something and I went on and I was uh, watching a video it was about a police report of some messed up guy that committed this crazy torture and murder I was like Oh my god! Like, <laughs> and I could feel the energy of whatever that was that had happened mm. coming to me through Facebook and getting into my energy stream, mm. um, and and other things like a lot of the stuff about the 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 virus and and people saying stay in, stay safe, do this, do that. It would be like I am not in that fear state. Mm. I am not. Uh, I am not influenced by what is going on um but when i would watch something like that within a minute i could fear feel that fear state coming into my stream mm. i'm like fuck that like i'm not gonna mm. watch that and allow that and it's not about um ignoring, ignoring. It. yeah mm. it's just being more aware of what you are letting in what you're letting into your your awareness and the effect. Mm, what you're exposing yourself to and who you're listening to and what you're believing and what you're not asking questions. You're just blindly following what everyone else is doing. And then yeah. if someone does carry an energy to you, like the people that you're hanging around with, 
if they are in a certain vibration and they are terrified out of their skin because of mm -hmm. certain experiences in their life that have just made them more contracted and more fear-based and living from fear which is a complete non-expansive non-growth focused state which i would never want to be in no. so if someone's bringing that energy to you and it's sticking in you i'd be watching what part of you is sticking to it like why is that not just flowing through you why mm. is it triggering you why are you carrying it and then are you carrying that to the next person so someone tells you something like oh be careful about like you'll fall off the edge of that cliff yeah and then you go to everyone else oh be careful yeah. you, you know it just carries it yeah just it's good trans. to constantly be questioning when you feel a certain way or you've heard something or you're, you're panicking about anything, it's like, is this even mine? Is mm. this feeling even mine? Um, it's um, it's like something that's been going around recently after all this um, coronavirus stuff is people keep on s signing out their emails and text messages saying stay safe. Like, please don't say that to me. Don't bring your fear to me mm. I'm alright like I wasn't worried about that why are you putting that on me mm. I'm like am I safe <laughs> you know it, <laughs> should it's, I not should be worried yeah that I'm not safe? It's, a, it's a weird thing that people have started adding that to the end of a message but this is how powerful the media actually <clears throat> is and we're not saying that like uh, we're not telling you what to do and any of you guys out there listening to us we're empowering you to make your own decisions about everything but just to be aware... We've secretly got subliminal messages <laughs> playing the whole way through. In this jazzy music. Do what we say. <laughs> <laughs> but we're just trying to make you more aware of stuff that is true and is happening. So on a propaganda level, propaganda has been used for centuries uh, by the media to influence how people are, how they perceive, how they perceive the, um, the government how they perceive their living scenarios, how they perceive a war, who to believe, who are the heroes. So we'll give you an example. Disney mm. uh, were hired during war World War II to create cartoons that were propaganda cartoons to make Hitler and the German, the Germanies, <laughs> the Germans look Germanics. evil. Yeah, so, you know, and these are real things. They exist. They're, you can just go on YouTube and look it all up. And media and uh, news, radio, TV, newspapers is mass controlled and it's coming from the top down from a message that the government, people in power with money want you to believe and to behave in a certain way. There's massive economy stuff going on at the moment. There's like, we don't know, like, we don't know what is the bigger plan here. Mm. We can guess and all day we can like dissect it and feel the truth of it. But all you have to do is feel what's going on for yourself feel the energy that other people are bringing to you check what brian rose is saying mm. you know check what the government is saying how do they feel to you do they look afraid do they look like they're hiding something do they look like they're carrying something else do they look like it's all a big joke mm. you know like and there, there's real stuff going on here where there's people sick there's people dying but how much of it has been blown up mm. you know and how much of it is in your awareness in your real life how much of your life has been affected by it. So mm. like asking these kind of questions day to day. Like what makes sense? What makes sense? Common sense. Like um, at the moment, um, there's been uh, the sad news of uh, bodybuilder Luke Sandow um, dying. And he was apparently 
dealing with some struggles like demons. mental illness yeah, and, and demons that for whatever reason he was kind of struggling to um, tackle those and just all of us being isolated in this scenario I'm sure played a part mm. in him getting to that tipping point so it's like what actually makes sense on a human mm -hmm. care compassion level mm -hmm. that we're freaking out over something that could give someone um the flu so okay so they might die if they get really ill off it they might have that physical illness but what about on a spirit soul level like being mm -hmm. absolutely crushed to the point side yeah now what makes sense that we stick to some rules um where you can't get go go have like hold someone's hand and mm. and go see your friend go to the gym like if if you, if the gym has been your safe haven uh -huh. and your outlet and how you built yourself up and how you made yourself feel better and all of a sudden that's been taken away i'm getting chills thinking about that as well because there's so many bodybuilders that are in isolation anyway but their outlet is the gym yeah their life is very isolated because they choose this life of suffering but it's very by themselves yeah. And if their outlet and their enjoyment and their endorphins is is gotten in a training session mm -hmm. and they are not allowed to go to the gym now, this is the result. Mm -hmm. This is an influence on that and this is happening and yeah. it's real. It is like, um, you know, because training, yes, people love it. They love it. They're enjoying it. But it does become a crutch mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Soothing. It's a soothing and it's a, it's a coping mechanism. You hear so many people saying, oh, this keeps me sane. The gym keeps me sane. So that means there's something underlying and the gym gives them something that takes them away from that state to make things feel a little bit more, you know, sane and manageable. So imagine taking away another crutch, like someone that was uh, reliant on drugs mm -hmm. or alcohol and you just take that away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same, it's mm -hmm. the same thing. Yeah, if that's been their way to cope, mm -hmm. like, and that's gone, it's like now they have to really look at what hurt yeah. that is buried down under all that armour of body. And they might just not be quite ready to face those things, mm -hmm. or they might not have the support system, or the especially capacity. not if we're on lockdown mm -hmm. and you can't go and see your pals and, mm -hmm. and chat about it and just kind of have that little respite can't even really go to the doctor like they're telling people nope. to stay away so it's like well are you literally left to your own devices to kind of deal with all of this shit by yourself and you might not have the capacity to do it it's why we're so lucky actually that we're getting to work with people on this level with our clients mm. and getting to actually uh, help them through the lockdown mm. because some of them really do need actually support and how to manage the scenario of being locked in and not able to do what they would normally do or yeah. just just to deal with the stuff that's coming up as a result of it. Yeah, and just look into some of the tools. Like at the end of this, we'll go more into um, some of the things that you can do to um, create a bit more peace mm. and connection, the awareness of connection that is always there mm. within you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and even changing your state, like when you are in those states, it's like, like we were saying about the music and what you listen to. What vibration is that music? Like there's mm. Hertz music that you can play that actually changes your own frequency. If you expose yourself to certain types of frequencies and then you 
you go into the same hurt with that. Like if you're if you're sad and you play sad music, you're increasing your sadness vibration. Mm. Mm. So it's like it, you might be bleeding sadness, but are you suffering through that or is that actually helping you? Yeah. You know, you can take it to a point where it releases something. But then if you're going back to it the whole time, you're actually keeping yourself in that vibration. Yeah, it's so cool to 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 look at what music you're drawn to. Mm. It's like if you so so it's kind of helpful maybe to explain a little bit about um the way that we are made up of mm-hmm. vibrations. vibrations. Yes. Yeah. So the 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 human form the way we see it is like this physical uh, dense matter thing that kind of moves around going hello i'm off to work today <laughs> off in the car like um but you know we are actually just made up of of energy and vibration so whatever frequency we vibrate at which will be different for everyone depending on so many different things mm-hmm. it, it depends on what they've experienced um emotionally um, as they've been growing up, it depends on the environment that you're, you're living in, the things you come into contact with. So you can change, you can mm-hmm. you can uh, become the master of your own vibration and, and raise it. But depending on where you are, that could uh, relate to what deep emotion you are kind of stuck in. Mm. So if you're someone that has at some point had a, a trauma and you felt utterly powerless, utterly powerless, you're going to kind of hold that vibration within your body and to, to come out of that the step up might actually be anger so you might be drawn and love like really aggressive angry music because that actually brings you up a little bit it lightens you it lightens you it brings you to the next sort of step if you mm. like so that you can kind of go to the next layer the next le- layer to bring you out of that um, powerlessness that's still stuck in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it if it's something that if, if you are if you are really drawn to that aggressive music and it makes you feel better, it's something to look at. Mm-hmm. What is still repressed in you mm. that could be keeping you stuck? Mm. Like I know my music's changed massively when I split up with, and music's been something for me that's played through my whole life and has definitely been something that has. Um, kept me afloat um, as a child. Um, it was something that, because I, I I'm, would have felt, kind of wasn't aware of it at the time, but I would have felt a lot of sadness. And I used to just sing on my own whenever anyone left the house and I was on my own. I would put all these songs on like Dina Carroll. Don't want to be alone with you tonight. <laughs> I was like seven years old or something singing... Dina Carroll and um, Eternal Flame by the Bangles. I was listening to Peter Andre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I would just sc- sing as loud as I could and I would be streaming with tears, streaming with tears. And I don't think I knew why. why. Mm. I just had this outlet and it allowed me to get out of whatever grief and sadness I was in and maybe took me to something like hopeful or mm. i don't know like you know just a vibration that that kept me afloat just getting relief isn't it it's like expressing it wasn't your sadness so actually you didn't need to understand it yeah it yeah was it was expressing just it. yeah like a way of of releasing and relieving that kids are good at that god yeah but I, like that's definitely been something for me where I'll always go back to music mm. as that way of connecting to myself mm-hmm. and that that energy that's within me 
Um, and it's funny because last year when me and uh, Giles, my ex, split up and I've been in relationships since I was 16, so my whole adult life was in a relationship. And then all of a sudden I had this realisation that I had to stop that because that had been a crutch. Mm -hmm. That was another crutch. <laughs> that was a big one. And then I was uh, single, so on my own. So I was going through loads of uh, repressed, loads of stuff that I'd repressed whilst being in relationships because, again, the relationships kept me afloat. Mm -hmm. And started listening to loads of Justin Bieber. <laughs> Can you remember? <laughs> Who remember. else can remember if anyone Your can stories. remember? <laughs> yeah, I was like listening to Justin Bieber all the time. <laughs> so it's like, what was going on there? Mm. You know, what what was that? That was kind of taking me. Music. <laughs> yeah, it was like breakup music. And it was also like taking me into like sort of desire and like, like, I don't know, like trying to think about men and stuff as well whilst mm. I was single and the lyrics. It's It was a bizarre bizarre time and and now I'm like listening to Hertz music for enlightenment and and this beautiful chorus and all these amazing mm, like these spiritual music yeah, yeah and it's such a sign for me when I look back mm. at where I was vibrationally mm. to where I am and where I'm going now because mm. I can't I can't connect to I, I'll I would listen to it for a joke yeah but I can't connect to that Justin Bieber music mm. at all mm. now this week, especially for me, music, I'm like looking at all the songs I've been listening to mm -hmm. as well. And I'm like picking off loads of them I don't want to listen to anymore. Uh, there's just so many ones that don't have impairing lyrics or they're in a certain state or the person who wrote them was in a certain state and they're carrying that music to you. Mm. That's getting into your system. You're... Yeah, that's so important. Mm. Like if you're if you're listening to like sad, dreary music all the time, like that song, what's his name? Can't remember. Uh, and it goes... <laughs> I hurt myself today. <laughs> Just to check I could still feel pain or whatever it was. And it's like, he must have been pretty mm, low. low at mm. that time. And if you're into that and getting something out of that, you are resonating with the vibration that he was on. And you're staying in that vibration and choosing that vibration every time you go into it. Like, it's okay to grieve and to go through phases of, like, needing to express. Mm. Like, maybe you need to express something. Like, the sadness needs to come out. But when you are revisiting it every day... Yeah to stay in that suffering this you need to look at it there's different ways of using it isn't there because if if it if it was like intentionally going into a, a memory or something around grief you could release use it. one of those mm -hmm. songs to get tuned into that state to then release it mm -hmm. and journal or whatever give yourself what you need yeah. yeah but if you're just listening to that because that's your playlist and you've listened to it for the last 5 years and it's it's on repeat it's like ooh <laughs> What's it? What's that doing? Or if it reminds you of an, an ex relationship or something, and you're actually pining for that relationship, and you haven't actually moved on, mm. and you're you're listening to a song that reminds you of a happier time because you ha you're not able to move on from it. It's like you're living in the past. You're not able to create your present, and then you're not able to manifest what you want from the future because mm. you haven't looked at why you're still pining that time in your life when things were good, or that time in your life when this person was there, or that time in your life when everything was rosy or yeah. whatever like rosy. Yeah. <laughs> also just something i was reading the other day that was interesting if we if we're kind of talking about uh, mass media and agendas mm. i was reading something about some of the the first the cut i do not know a lot about this so 
please forgive me. I'm just like saying what I what I what I can remember. But it was some of the first. They're called Gregorian chants. So by the the Gregorian monks or, mm-hmm. or something. So they had been dialed in basically, like on a on a sort of conscious level, to the the sound and the frequency of the universe and what would bring growth, change, enlightenment. So they'd created all these hymns mm-hmm. and chants that were at this set frequency. And um, I think it was like the the Catholic Church, they, they basically got lost and destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then all these other hymns were made that were totally off track. Mm-hmm. So further, further away from enlightenment, further away from growth mm-hmm. and like looking within. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like, only like re- more recently they've redone them and found them mm-hmm. um, and people are kind of tuning, tuning in, in. To, to the the power of using mm-hmm. sound and music to, to elevate you yeah. and I don't even like to say like it's a higher vibration or this or that it's just a different vibration yeah. so there's like a fear vibration and then there's a love vibration there's an expanded vibration there's a contractive vibration yeah like we put higher lower on it because it's easier to understand yeah and because then you give numbers so uh frequency frequency would be like 532 550 so it's like got these numbers attached to it so that we know where it is but yeah you could it's um like a musical scale you need all notes yeah so all of and this is important because all emotions are welcome and we were talking about this a lot this week about like positive and negative and how it's not useful to just be positive and stay in a positive space and just go after that one vibration the whole time if you are ignoring negative uh, within you that's unexpressed Mm -hmm. that needs to be expressed so someone who's like always putting on a happy face and trying to be positive and Mm -hmm. living in that state and they are actually masking loads of pain loads of hurt loads of trauma loads of unexpressed sadness whatever it is and they're just using the positive journaling vibration it's a real big wave isn't Mm -hmm. it positive stay positive Positive focus on the positive and it's like i i can really really understand this on such a deep level because I can look back in hindsight and I was that person and you will if you are that person now that is always (laughs) positive you will not positive poly positive poly (laughs) you will not understand yet this other uh, layer to it Mm. um because again the positivity can be a total coping mechanism and it was for me, mm-hmm. for whatever reasons I was suffering as a kid, I kind of saw um, certain things that, that I classed as me wanting to get away from. And for me, it was about always being positive. And that was my safety. That's how I survived again. It's like, because when you're a kid, you just kind of go into survival mode. Okay, mm-hmm. what makes sense? For me, it was always being positive, always um, optimistic, looking at things focusing on the bright side I I could walk in a room that had nothing but a cardboard box in and someone else would be absolutely devastated and I'd be like oh my god look a cardboard box (laughs) I'd get in it and turn it into an aircraft or you know it was like just that way of of viewing things and it can be really beneficial to you to have that but I know now that that was a coping mechanism and it was me completely repressing the negative or anything negative anything that would be classed as negative 
So any sort of sadness, any anger, any grief, that was completely repressed until last year. Mm. Um, and then that was when I uh, realised what I'd been doing with that positive wave. And I, I just thought it was part of my personality. So I thought I was like a superhuman. I would look at other people that were struggling with depression or complaining about things or they were sad or they would be erratic with the mood. They were up and down. I'd just be like, oh, man. Mm. I'm so like different to these people. I'm like superhuman. I'm never, never sad, never go through any ups and downs or anything, but it was, it's not reality. Mm. You're only welcoming one polarity. Yeah, and it doesn't work like that. We no. all know it, it has to come crashing down if that's the way you've been for that long. Or if it doesn't, you end up manifesting some sort of illness because yeah. you're ignoring a part of you that's really hurt or really suffering or, and this on a vibrational level yeah. is how you manifest disease, sickness, immunity issues, emotional issues, like whatever you, whatever you want to name, there will be another reason why that's in your being. Yeah. If you don't release it and acknowledge it, like everything <laughs> and allow all of it, it does manifest in this kind of contracted, if you imagine it, kind of that that vibration of repression and contraction just sitting in every cell in your body. Mm. It it's it can't do anything other than like turn into something. It's festering. Toxic. Yeah. It's literally festering. And if you think about uh, fear as a vibrational state, it is contraction. Mm. So, and this is where it comes into the gym as well. You're contracting your muscles. You're trying to get hard and strong. It's like uh, armor to go to war. You know, it's all fear-based. So anything that's in fear-based is not in growth. So you're always in protection mode. Mm. So you're protecting your heart. You're protecting your body. You're protecting your mind. So it's all really resilient. But in that, there's no love. There's no expansion. There's no growth. So you're always in that uh, fight or flight fear state of like, I'm just surviving. I'm suffering through life. Um, the stoicism. There's no breath. There's mm -mm. no breath in there. Mm -mm. It's like we looked into, we were talking about this quite a while ago, actually, about bodybuilding. Um, the way that everything is so contracted, contracted. and so death. death. Um, and do or die. Do or die. And it's like... It's not like day until you're broken. Yeah, but even like other things where the, the bodybuilders actually have to have oxygen masks... They are literally Crushing taking themselves. their breath away from them, the oxygen supply. Their own body is crushing the, their very being and the life it is. The, the muscles are shortening and everything's so tight. There's no stretching. Nothing is expansion. Mm, it's all contraction. Mm -hmm. um, and that is... A lot of pain. Yeah. A lot of suffering. But it's so, like, obviously we can just look back in... You know, hindsight with all this, like you know, bigger insight. picture insight um, of of how much you, when you're looking like that, so so superhero on the outside, so strong, and like with me, I was like super confident and positive and all these different things. But that was when I had the most repressed stuff inside me, mm -hmm. and when I was at the most um, contracted, least growth. So when on the outside I looked like this superhuman. superhuman, there was so much shit under there, so much pain, so much hurt that had never, ever been looked at. Mm. Or even I had no awareness of it, no awareness. So it's just interesting to... Um, Look back. 
look back, but just like look, you know, think about some of the the suffering that is maybe going on for people as well that mm. are getting into bodybuilding. What what kind of why people are attracted to it, why they're drawn to it, to kind of get that outer strength, mm. um, and what might be. Like there's loads of repressed. comic book and superhero stuff in bodybuilding especially. So mm. like I would hazard a guess that a lot of the guys, especially the ones that are really big and have gone really extreme with it, have big issues around uh, self-worth, being strong, for, mm-hmm. uh, having to be strong for something, maybe some bullying that happened, you know, something that happened in their childhood. Yeah. Maybe even just something that was reflected to them, like one tiny little comment from a peer could have set them, like someone might have called them small. Mm. Like it's funny as well, because a lot of bodybuilders are quite short in height. So like they would have this like need to expand themselves to be bigger, like on the physical, especially males. So there's like, there's things that can play out. Not saying that that's happened to everybody, but there there will be a lot of similarities and layers that run through people who go that extreme with it. Because there have been with us and we've noticed so many similarities around like wanting certain types of attention and like we've mentioned that in the last episode it's like all about yeah. like wanting male attention and then wanting approval or just wanting love yeah and and like for us as well because we were doing all of the stage stuff entertaining it was like the ultimate everybody clapping it's like mm-hmm. oh i am loved <laughs> oh i am wonderful i'm the best yeah <laughs> but it's like really with the, the whole superhero thing if you look at what what the story is it's like about justice and it's about the underdog you know the knight in shining armor that saves the underdog it's about um having power so it's like well what what didn't someone have mm. as a kid to then feel like they had to create that mm-hmm. world for themselves mm-hmm. did they feel like they weren't protected at one point did they feel powerless um like did they the look underdog? up to superheroes did they know? look up to superheroes yeah like if that was the question nikki asked actually who we looked up to i think it's more relevant for guys because a lot of them probably looked up to superheroes yeah. but i definitely looked up to wonder woman mm. and we looked i looked up to silly things like Doreen Allen as a cook cookery what was it you said the other day the artist that you wanted to be Salvador like. Dali she's weird <laughs> so I was always that weird little crazy. when I grow up I want to be Salvador Dali with the mustache and everything <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's funny to watch that and then how I was molded by the media mm. as opposed to what I actually wanted which was to be some weird crazy like creative person yeah. and just expressing like that. why didn't you grow up to just have a mustache and <laughs> paint weird pictures well I'm still doing the yeah. painting weird pictures thing the if mustache I, might come later like, maybe if I later continue bodybuilding I'd have a mustache <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's funny to, to think how the the mass media would then um influence what you decide you want to be mm. as a kid so whether it's like for a guy why is the muscle what is that that's being that's coming through mm. through the superhero stories mm. and for women have wanting to have the attention of men so it's like that that kind of uh, agenda again of what what's going on there what is it that the mass media are are Filtering. spitting out mm. um with sorry sorry and putting, <laughs> putting those programs in 
Mm. Like who who has designed those programs and what is their agenda and what programs are you allowing to play through your system? Yeah, like these TV programs that you're watching, the music videos, the music we're listening to. It's like if the it's news. yeah, the news. It's like all this fear and trying to keep us in a state where we are so attached to the physical and the material where we are drawn to wanting money we, we we must have money so that 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 we're successful um to gain a, a status so that we have a, a great reputation and we leave some sort of imprint to show that we were like successful successful and unique and important humans yeah and we we manage to get the the man of our dreams and we have children and we get a car and then perfect bodies mm-hmm. boob jobs mm-hmm. lip jobs like it's the same thing it's like that beauty that beauty thing that's going on like the kardashian trend that's happening where people are all of a sudden wanting huge bums and massive lips like that massive lip thing came from that came from was it kylie I did like the lip thing yeah. and changed her lips and yeah. everything and like all of a sudden everyone's getting like lip it's normal to get lip mm-hmm. injections to get fillers and stuff and where that's coming from and how that's all of a sudden a thing in our society that yeah. was not there years ago and the ugly duckling syndrome we we're talking about where someone will feel you could have the most stunningly beautiful and we've seen this with people yeah beautiful girl who uh was not maybe it wasn't reflected to her growing up that she was beautiful and she saw these images and they were seen and celebrated as beauty and they're in the beauty magazines and they're all over the media and they're like uh reflected to us on a daily basis and then she changes her very being gets surgery lip fillers boob jobs goes to the gym eats a certain way just to uh be that ideal Mm -hmm figure of beauty and then she still feels on an internal level that she is that little ugly duckling girl mm. so she doesn't she doesn't even see mm. what she actually is on the outside because the internal still feels ugly so she always feels disempowered not good enough even though she could be aesthetically uh very pleasing based on the societal mm. standards but she'll still feel on an internal level that she still isn't good enough so that's mm. why people get repeat repeat surgeries They'll always be picking apart how they look because they'll never be satisfied because it's always reflected in that there's someone more beautiful or like and it's all this external program that's not even belong to us. So it's like checking where that comes from. So good. We were saying before to just be questioning, questioning if if you feel so strongly that you you need these breast implants or whatever it is it's like who really wants them Mm -hmm. is it is it you that wants them where's that come from Mm -hmm. um is it something from a comment from a a boyfriend or someone from the past that like fuck i when i was competing because i never wanted breast implants i was just going to talk about that (laughs) motherfuckers like so many people said to me oh like I'm so surprised you haven't had breast implants yet. And it's like, sorry, what? Like, why? Um, Someone had said uh, to Giles, doesn't Rosie just want to get a a little pair of implants? And he was like, no. He was like, but doesn't, don't you think that it would just like finish the physique off nicely? It's like, no. (laughs) And I was actually speaking to someone that was supposed to be, not a bodybuilding coach. It was like more um, other type of coaching. (laughs) I don't, that sounds weird. <laughs> sounds like see, like I've got a secret, secret or something. It was just like, I don't know what you want to call it, life coaching or whatever. 
And he was talking about like my, <laughs> you never know with me, do you, what, what it could have been. But he was talking about like my Instagram and stuff and popularity and he was actually said to me but imagine how popular you'd be if you got implants mm. and I was like absolutely not I had that reflected to me as well because I was fitness it never even crossed my it never crossed my mind to get a boob job no. anyway I'd never not been happy with my boobs and Same. then obviously when you compete they get smaller because you're just lean mm -hmm. you don't have any tissue there and I was actually offered a free boob job after my winning like a few competitions uh, in exchange for like publicity and I said no I was like the worst thing I could think of is not being able to train imagine and you wouldn't be able to do all the different moves that you can do handstands and like, I was like nah hell no that was it for me like I when I started bodybuilding I never because like I mentioned earlier I never really went through any body image issues I've never really had that as a thing in my life so whenever when I got into bodybuilding it was uh, never to look like that for me, mm. for confidence or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was because I got into it for my dancing, to become stronger for dancing. And I was good at it. So I got all this attention and all that, all, the, all those other layers to it. But it was, I did bodybuilding to be the best bodybuilder. So I competed and looked that way to win mm. shows. And then when I would step off stage, I would look like a normal girl. I never felt attached to having to be muscular. Mm. So for me, me stepping on stage, I absolutely loved the classic 80s women. That was like my, who I looked up to. Mm. So none of them had implants. So it was like that statuesque look. So for me, I always used to think, but implants will totally ruin mm. my physique. And I always felt like I stood out because I didn't have them. Mm. And it was like this amazing ath athletic physique that was so perfectly put together naturally. Mm. So it never made sense to me on that on that level with the whole implants thing. But Yeah, but I understand why people will get them. Because when you do bodybuilding, you lose that uh, femininity. Femininity. And yeah. they go way too extreme uh, with steroids and they just push things so far that actually they feel like a man. So uh -huh. it makes sense on that level then to get breast implants to try and grasp that yeah. back a well, little bit. You see it goes for like the super long nails, crazy eyelashes, big, big lips, big big hair, big boobs. And yeah, I, I can completely relate to it. And I think again, conditioning wise, mm -hmm. I was quite lucky that the guy that I was with the, for the 10 years that I, when I started bodybuilding, he loved female bodybuilders. So Im you implants, were fine. yeah, mm. implants and boobs wasn't part of that. He liked striated chest with veins running down. <laughs> so like different strokes. Yeah, <laughs> he was more like he he would be more like uh, saying stuff about me in the off season when I lost my muscle and mm. it. If I started getting boobs, mm. he'd be like, "What's going on, Rosie? <laughs> you need to go on a diet." <laughs> yeah, like as soon as my veins went off my chest, he was like not as. Uh, he was still attracted, obviously, but like that was so I had that conditioning. Mm -hmm. Maybe if I'd had a boyfriend that was saying different things and wanted big boobs, maybe I would have been swayed. I don't, mm. you know, probably. Yeah. With my whole man thing. Yeah, but that's why the the pattern and the program is so important and what's reflected to you. So then it'll be like it's it's literally just your external reflecting how you feel and then how you feel coming back out externally. So if someone reflects to you that they love you how, how you are. 
and that's based on their own judgments and if you are trying to be someone based on someone else's program that's you handing over your power your happiness your life to them and how they want you to be as opposed to how you want to be so it's always good to check what's been reflected to you on the external level so for me it's like growing up not having a sex education number one went to a convent school she only just got it when she moved in with me (laughs) i had to get diagrams out and all sorts That actually happened in January, but we'll go into that in a different episode. A bit bit of weirdness there to share. Um, But yeah, let's not mention that. (laughs) But yeah, just uh, being in a massively repressed Catholic Irish society uh, where sex was shameful. It's so funny, sorry, just to butt in because you looked up the other day that masturbation was... Self-harm. That means (laughs) self-harm. Yeah, that's another little fact to throw in there. But um, sex education was not in, it wasn't a thing. They were supposed to actually give a sex education, but I think our biology teacher was supposed to be in science. She just avoided it. So it was like her own shame carried through. So I didn't get such a sex education in my teens when I was younger. Like there was so much shame around sex that it was like best not talk about the war. <laughs> you know, so I learned sex from magazines, from TV, so MTV how to be sexual, uh, porn, and porn is the absolute shadow feminine, shadow masculine, not divine, like not celebratory, like very repressive. Um, So if people are modeling who they are from the media and these things, it's like, what base does that give you for uh, becoming a whole, uh, uh, becoming yourself actually. Mm. So you're being like reflected these things that are not, healthy on some levels or they're not divine or they're not true and they're set up to make you feel a certain way so you're always checking then your internal and if if I am living up to that expectation of being that type of person are my behaviors outwardly showing me as like slutty uh, because that's what I've learned or that's just what I've been exposed to so Destiny's Child, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Dirty Mm -hmm filthy nasty like all this stuff when you go back and listen to the lyrics it's mental it's mental it's actually mental but it's just to uh it would be a good exercise for everyone listening to this to just think about what they were listening to growing up Mm. think about what you're exposed to sex education wise parents what they reflected to you um through no one's fault it's literally the programming you've been exposed to so like friends that were maybe more popular mm -hmm. yeah being more promiscuous or whatever yeah and then what your your friends reflected to you growing up as well like on a body image level like what where they were at and what was being uh taught to them or what they were being exposed to on that level as well Mm. and then like kind of just getting this little jigsaw together of yourself and your life and how it's gone and then how you've attracted certain types of partners so say you have that belief that you need to be like that slutty nasty filthy girl that wears barely any clothes and like gets the boob job and has the big lips because of all of these feelings that you as you are are not good enough and Mm -hmm. you need to be like these people or this image of beauty and then checking what kind of partners you've attracted Mm. so you'll attract someone who's also looking for those things that will keep you in that state and keep you in the belief or mirror back to you that that is yes this attracts the Mm -hmm. person this attracts the man this attracts the partner and checking if that is your truth or if that is a pre-written program that someone has implanted in there, that something has been reflected to you. Not saying that any of these things are wrong. If someone wants to go and get a boob job, the big lips, blah, blah, blah. But at some point there will be questions. 
for yourself or not some people just don't ask the questions mm. and they just uh, live with it for as long as possible what mm. happens in 20 years time when you realise that was a load of horse shit and your partner left you for the next best thing anyway yeah yeah <laughs> what are you left with then <sighs> big <Yes>. shit <laughs> that's a whole other stuff on body image as well yeah we could just dive dive into that but even on like the but it's also like this was something that I'd kind of questioned you know fairly recently like with who who I want to attract next as a partner once I'm kind of open for for that it's like if it's someone that is drawn to me for all or like mostly just the physical it's like that's not not going to be a relationship that is from truth and from like understanding each other on a deep level um and it's like it's funny to kind of for me to kind of watch now um if a if a man is attracted to a woman that is overly enhanced surgically and and makeup and all that kind of thing um like how that kind of made me feel for a little bit or how I allowed it to make me feel anyway um and how I saw it could be so easy to slip back into feeling like you had to go and look like that because that was how you were going to attract um the man that you wanted um, but then to kind of quickly check in and be like ah that's not that's what I want, not what I want. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I want yeah um yeah to be checking in with um your intentions. You know, like, yeah, like you'll see, I want, I just want a man to love me for me, da 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 da. But then it's up to you. us to not be playing into that, where we are um, creating the physical that is based upon being very overly sexualized. Because then we're displaying that, that we're not, uh, we don't feel like we're enough mm-hmm. um, as we are mm-hmm. without all of the the sexual eyes and the boobs kind of hanging the out bells and whistles. <laughs> without the bells and whistles that we're not uh, worthy of love without mm. that so then we get that reflected back mm. for me it was like really to attract the person that I would like to be with it's like fully letting go of all of that stuff myself so me not putting those same ideals on myself so me not making myself look a certain way like I'm literally exercising now to feel good so if I catch myself trying to exercise so that I look outwardly a certain way so that people perceive me in a certain way I'm like uh, completely resistant to it yeah so it's like becomes a bit of a, a bitch because you can't you can't do things anymore that are uh outwardly for other people it's like your body just stops you like I can't exercise if I feel like it's coming from one of those places now yeah but it makes you really tune into what you want for yourself so it's that deep self-love of like, all right, I'm going to exercise because it makes me feel good. And yes, when you feel good, you look good. So that's just a byproduct. But you're not coming from it in, oh, I want to look a certain way to attract a man. Because mm. that is complete lack. It's like the person that I will attract will just show up in the same space as me and loving themselves fully. And this is like two whole people able to be independent by themselves, loving their life, creating for themselves and then also coming together and growing together. Well, it's like you were saying, like, it's good to kind of check in with your old programs and your beliefs, like some of the things that you will have in your head, like what was yours? Um, it'll be really hard. I can't remember if you've already said this. It'd be really hard to find someone that 
oh yeah I had a, you, so. yeah this played out just today yeah like I noticed that I had a pattern uh, and loads of women will say this I just can't find the man that like there's no good man there's or... no good men like mm. the, the person that I'm looking for it just doesn't exist it's so hard to find a partner and this happens a lot in the gym world I think because the gym world is so visual that like you almost have these expectations of like oh well, it's so hard to find a man but it's in that you're like judging every man that comes along mm. but if you are if you were like attracted to somebody but they're not fully where you would like them to be you're best to let them go because you are judging them for not being who you want them to be and it's very it feels very sticky and disempowering for you to try and pull someone up to the standard that you are looking for when you could actually just make space for that standard straight away so it's like uh, not having the story running through you of oh a good man or someone who I would want is hard to find mm. because that is what you manifest you start to believe it and it's to really question the the person that you would like have you not found them yet because you are not there yeah because you are not where you want you're to be. not where you should be to mm -hmm. attract that, that. Mm -hmm. and and that was definitely something for me um when when I knew that I needed to be single for a while because I just knew I had so much work to do on myself mm. Um, to you know I, I have been fortunate to have amazing relationships up to this point long-term relationships but I just knew that there, there's something different there's something different for me and the reason I was not there yet is because of me mm -hmm. <laughs> that my vibration my the blocks that I had needed dealing with mm -hmm. and and still things now you know will be unraveling for mm -hmm. me to get to the point where I will attract that person who is absolutely out there mm -hmm. you know they are the, there's some incredible men out there waiting <laughs> and it's that vibration thing again so if you were uh in a certain vibration and your whole being is giving out the sense of lack or I'm not good enough or whatever you're only going to attract people that will reflect that so if you can work on your own vibration to change that into a state of full expansion, growth, love, um, fully accepting yourself, uh, like everything. fully connecting to yourself, you'll attract the same vibration. So like attracts like on that level, they will just see and feel you for what you are. Yeah. And there's no questions then. And there's no like games or toing and froing, no push and pull. Like for me, I like clarity. I like things to be like very straight up. Like, uh, what are you looking for? And this is what I'm looking for. Or is it that? No, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah, like communication, conversations, mm. like from absolute truth. Just like cut away the bullshit. Mm. Cut it away. You need to be looking at your shit to deal with us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, honestly, the conversations me and Claire have are just mental. <laughs> it, it's it's great, though. Like, there's, there's just... Um, you just get growth when you you're able to what it is is it's stepping out of who you think you are when you can step out of being attached to me I am this kind of personality this is me I am ABC I attract ABC yeah when you can step out of that and have conversations with your friends with your family with with potential partners or partners from a space of whatever is behind the attachments of who you think you are then it's like you can get to the, the clarity and the it's like we, we were saying I was saying the other day I saw this picture and it was um, a sculpture and the sculpture was like these metal casings that were two um, adults with their backs to each other and inside the sculptures there was two uh, white 
other figures, but they were like okay. little kids. And the kids were inside the adults, but the kids were touching hands and, and communicating and meeting each other. And it's like we 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 could benefit from meeting each other from the space of like our inner child mm. where we just see each other for what we really are mm. instead of these armors and uh, personalities and identities that we we it's gather over time yeah and and so much of it is from this conditioning mm-hmm. so we create these personalities and identities but Based on programs. Based on what? Like mm. what we've been told and shown mm. and hypnotised. Mm. Like going back to hypnotism, <laughs> when when you're a, a child, when you're born, and then up until about like eight, eight years old, yeah, you vibrate at a different frequency to when you become an adult. So you're in something called theta or theta. Deeper. Theta. Yeah. Or, or Claire, says, Claire says it in a cool Irish way. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you're in a totally different um, vibration. And is it that it's slower? It's slowed down, isn't it? It's the... It's just, it's pure consciousness. Yeah. Or they could say unconsciousness. Yeah. But you're in that like puppy dog state where uh, you don't have any conditions. They, they You start to develop a sense of self at like age two, three, yeah. where you become aware of you are separate. Separate, and, yeah. Yeah, but after that, it's like the programs that are written then is you, you realise you're separate and then you start to mirror things in your awareness mm-hmm. and you start to shape who you are based on everything that you're exposed to and this is why kids are sponges yeah. they just absorb every little bit of information and it could be one tiny little thing that's reflected to them like say someone was called small and slagged over it mm. you're too small and then they go and they prove in their life in every sort of way that they are big so they go and they be the biggest bodybuilder yeah. in the world just yeah. to prove the person that told them when they were five that they were they slagged them for being too small yeah. or skinny or you know whatever it is and it can be that on a million different scales for kids and then you wonder what's made them become who they are yeah. and it's like all you have to do is check back to a little bit earlier and see well what programs were implanted and what was reflected to yeah. them and like all this stuff is super and the reason we look is it's empowering to look mm. at why you are the way you are and what shaped you and then realise what programmes are still playing through your system. Yeah, and which ones are not empowering, mm-hmm. which ones are keeping you stuck um, and which ones would be beneficial to just let go because it's just really, we've, we were just hypnotised mm-hmm. up until we were eight years old so all of that is programmed into us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same with... When you are just like listening to music or, you know, you're kind of in a trance state watching the TV, watching the TV programs, Mm -hmm. scrolling on social media and these adverts come up or constant pictures of um, sexualized images and it's going into you, it's Mm -hmm. programming you, it's Mm -hmm. subliminal messages and it's... um, you know it's getting in there whether you realize it or yeah not. and these are the the reasons why like um there was something we were listening to the other day and people will go out and buy a certain bag or they'll go and buy this car or some makeup and it's like oh i just wanted it it's like did you though mm. is that you <laughs> that wanted it or is it because of these subliminal messages that have mm. been playing out and from being young felt that you need to look a certain way to like we were saying before create that perfect life that is successful that means that you've made it and Mm. and all these things Mm. um yeah just all these mad layers so many layers (laughs) so many ones to get rid of (laughs) Mm. but like once you start looking it's hard to not see them 
and it's hard to not be aware of them but there's always blind spots like the music for me this week was a massive whoa 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 whoa, whoa. like back up shit. back your shit up i thought i was just bodybuilding because i wanted love and attention mm. no actually i needed to prove that i was that survivor strong independent uh, hardcore hard exterior hard ass shell of a person and that is pre-programmed from the music that I fed myself in that theta state, falling asleep in my teens. Yeah. And when I was in a state of retracting myself away from people because I was in a bullied phase, as I say. <laughs> 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 Taking ownership of the bullying, <laughs> not to be a victim on it. That's it. Taking ownership. And you were saying, uh, we were talking earlier again about it, you were saying that you noticed like the over-sexualized <gasps> kids. Oh man, like um, this were a couple of little stories with this, but this is something that really, really winds me up. Like I can't listen to any, I've not listened to like the radio stations for a long time The with the music they play. Um, and we don't have a TV, we don't mm-hmm. watch TV. Haven't for about eight or nine years. Can't stand it. it. I can't stand the <laughs> programmes that, that come on. The news and shit as well. No. And um, yeah, when I used, because I used to do teaching and I was a a dance teacher and at the end of the class, I'd uh, get all the kids into a circle and give them each a chance to get up and do whatever they wanted so they could do a dance or they could sing a song or whatever. And they were like four or five years old and this little girl got up, started booty popping and twerking. And singing, come on, rude boy, boy, can you get it up? Come on, rude boy, boy, is it big enough? And I was just like, okay, 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 if you want to sit down now. Like, I was just can't believe that, you know, that's been playing at the house or mm. in the car. And she's not aware mm-hmm. what it means, mm-hmm. but that vibration is in her, mm-hmm. um, taking away her beautiful innocence mm. and that, like, childlike... Um, and that's Wonder. A sexual pre-program for porn. So, yeah. So bad. And another time when I was singing this little girl, I think I was singing Shakira, this little girl came up to the front of the stage and pulled a top up and tucked it in like a little bra and was uh, gyrating and dancing to the Shakira in front of me and then went over to her granddad and was like grinding on his knee. <laughs> And no one was like, no one was doing anything. <laughs> I felt like I had just witnessed something I shouldn't. It was so weird. <laughs> but yeah, like people are just used to this now, and it's mm. it's like kids as well. When when I finished teaching in high schools, all the girls had fake tan on. Mm-hmm. They had fake nails. They had false eyelashes. They had hair extensions. Like when I was at school, and, and you were the same. You weren't even allowed to wear makeup. Mm. So for us, the the kind of naughtiest thing we did was wear makeup. Mm-hmm. And now it's like the pressure, the pressure that's kind of coming down through the media and through friends and and parents. Like if a parent, if um, the parents are um, kind of had, it. yeah, body image and getting lots of surgery and stuff, what's that saying to a 13-year-old girl? And it doesn't matter on that level if the parent says you are beautiful, you are enough, you don't need surgery, blah, blah, blah. And then they go and get it. No. Because they are being the example. The example. You have to be the example that you want to be for them. You can't be this disempowered or like coming from a state of I don't feel good enough and 
outwardly so this is the outward inward thing so if you inside feel like you are not enough and that you need surgery or you need to be different or you need to blah 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 whatever the reason is and then you were telling your child that they're beautiful as they are and blah 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 all they see is the reality is what they and kids really feel everything they feel that you don't feel good enough so they can see and feel that well mom thinks that she's not good enough and she needs x y and z done to her so i'm going to copy her and you'll see it parents see it the whole time how the kids copy them and they literally are little mirrors they'll reflect back to them all of their own shit on a plate yeah great to learn if you have kids it's great (laughs) a great thing to learn from is to watch what they reflect to you because that's exactly what's going on in your internal and that's where this internal external loop really comes out also just on that note if we're if we're kind of using that uh, be the example um it's kind of interesting to see the way that people are behaving around everything that's going on at the moment all the different kind of stories that are coming out on facebook all the conspiracy stuff all of the the government stuff, all of the rules and regulations that are coming in and the fear and you've got people that have they they have the best interests, like they 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 wanna do something good and stand up and, and fight against what they see as um kind of controlling and damaging to humanity. But it's really like we feel it's one of the best things you can do is just be the example of what you want to see. It's like we don't have to write a load of abuse to fight our corner Mm-mm. on social media. And you don't need to negate anything. Yeah, it's it's each one of us has the it's like you'll hear people saying we've all got a personal responsibility here um to make this change and 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 do the right thing, but it really is a personal <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> To be the example from a, a vibrational, energetic point of view that that you are uh, vibrating a light frequency that you want to create. So, what do you want to create? What is what is the vibration that you want to raise here? Do you want to raise more fear? Do you want to spend your time negating fear because that's still raising fear? When you negate something, you're still giving it your energy, your time, your attention to fight it. So it's better to stand in a space of love, Mm. a space of vibrational awareness of light, immunity. Like your immune system responds when you're in a fear state, you actually lower your immune system. So it's like, how can I create a vibrational space of wellness in my own system so that my immunity is strong, I feel good, I feel full of life, I'm expanding outwards, I'm not contracting, staying inside by myself, going into this loneliness space of like then then all the self-soothing comes in, the alcohol, the drugs, the, like all of these uh, other vibrations that I just, I personally would not want to be living in any of those states. So yeah. it's like the personal responsibility level there is just to look after your own vibration. Yeah. Let that spread outwards to whoever you meet, not get caught up in fighting what other people are doing, telling other people what to do. You yeah. know, this like people telling you, you need to do this and you need to do that. Well, you just look after your own responsibility of your own vibration. I'll look after mine yeah. and we'll all be better people for that. Instead of spending our energy telling others what to do, why don't we look at what we're doing ourselves? Yeah. And it's like we we are here in our little bubble. Um, like we don't pay uh, attention to kind of watching the news and, and getting too kind of absorbed and drawn in with these programs we are keeping an eye on things and 
making sure that we're kind of we're not ignorant no no it's it's not kind of to ignore things and dance around with daisy chains all day (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely not what we're doing (laughs) but it it you know we really do feel it's so important for it to start with you Mm. what you are putting out and what you are creating and there's your space there's so many rabbit holes that you can go down now because there's this very uh polarized response to what's happening so there is the whole illuminati like uh people wake up thing going on around bill gates around you know <laughs> well, it's like the other day i saw this girl had mess put i was telling you the other day she'd written a, a thing on a facebook status saying you stupid she'd put you stupid effing twats wake up sheeples da, 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 you stupid da, da, da. and i just thought well that it's is not, not <laughs> sorting that that is not raising anything <laughs> you know i understand like her frustration and where she's coming from but she is angry she is fear She's war. She's so war vibration. You are actually raising what you don't want. You're doing the opposite of what you're saying that you, you're trying to do. Mm. So when you look at all of those layers, so there there are things going on here that are people saying the Illuminati are behind all of this and there's people trying to control you and 5G, Elon Musk. Like There's so many stories that you yeah. can go down, so many rabbit holes. And there's a lot of truth under the economy stuff there's a lot of power moves going on. There's a lot of stuff at play. There's a lot of stuff that we just speculate that we really don't know. Yeah. Like we don't have the information. All we know is what is here in our awareness, here and now, here and now, here and now, mm. here and now. Okay, so what can I do here and now to make me feel good, to make me be well? I can go for a run. Great. Okay, I'm going to go in my social distance run. Great. I'm not going to take the piss and be like uh, trying to... Uh, fight my side and say well I don't believe in this virus so I'm just going to be all up in your face and like trying to freak people out who are believing in it you know because that's not cool to do either Mm -hmm. so it's like how can I be respectful honor myself in it give myself what I need uh, without getting caught up in all the different sides of the stories and if you delve and if you go into these rabbit holes about the Illuminati you'll find dark shit Mm -hmm. you'll find stuff like we after we went through this like pop culture thing this week of like looking at different musics that we used to listen to Michael Jackson came up because I listened to him growing up uh, all of his albums and then going into his death mm. the conspiracy conspiracies around his death like there's so many and things. there's loads of like the old uh, famous lots of famous people that people be like they're still alive mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Elvis is still alive <laughs> yeah like what actually happened there and then and they're the loops that you can go into uh, or get caught up in so you'll get caught up going down these rabbit holes it's not actually useful for you to do that because you're just wasting your very presence and your what you're here to do which is like you're better to try and connect to your purpose here you know what you want to create with this life rather than get, getting caught up and pointing fingers and like guys like whose side are we on or mm. do like we need to do something about this yeah, illuminati it's just creating <laughs> It's creating more disconnect mm-hmm. by being so drawn into one way, you know, like wanting to choose the right side or the good mm-hmm. side and then fight fight for it. Let's go to war. It's like, hang on a minute. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what we're trying to avoid? Because that's what the <laughs> other side's doing. Yeah, because more so, fear. Yeah. And it ends up in war. So it's like, do you want to go to war with people? Like, and you'll notice as well when you are arguing with people, and this came up for me as well recently, that like if people are arguing, they're they're all just trying to protect protect themselves. They're all afraid. They're all afraid of losing their wealth. 
they're all afraid of losing who they are it's all attachment to identity material mm. possessions emotional stuff going on like what kind of hurt needs to be going on for the likes of bill gates who's trying to kill half the population like he's openly speaking about depopulating the world yeah. like so what what kind of hurt is going on because his parents dressed him up as a little girl <laughs> there's a picture floating around of him dressed up as a little girl with a flower in his hair and he looks absolutely traumatized he looks twisted like we could we could coach him through that one uh-huh, we could help we could help <laughs> old billy boy get some clarity on where his trauma is coming from yeah <laughs> but yeah it's, it's useful to open your eyes a little bit yes uh, be aware but also to not jump on taking sides and fighting for a cause it's like literally just look after your own vibration like all you have is here and now here and now here and now I keep saying that here mm. and now so what are you doing here and now because there's a lot of people actually the keyboard warriors online going guys we need to do something about this blah 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 what are they doing they're at home on their keyboard warrior <laughs> like worrying warrioring away <laughs> <laughs> like they're not actually taking any action towards anything there it's just like literally spreading more hate more war vibrations mm. uh, instead of just Closing the keyboard, closing the laptop, uh, going outside, taking a big breath of fresh air, going for a nice walk in nature, appreciating what's around you, eating some nice food that you have that you can appreciate while you have it. Mm. Like uh, having connections with people that are in your awareness that you care about and not getting caught up in fighting uh, causes. It just feels very contracted and not uh, helping people on an individual level to Mm. actually get ahead. Mm. Yeah, so it's like some of the things that we can do. Um, Like, I feel like in modern times, a lot of things have lost the original worth, like things like meditation. Mm. If you hear the word meditation, even sometimes when I say it, I feel a little... (laughs) I feel more comfortable saying the word masturbation than I do meditation. (laughs) Like, sometimes I feel a little bit cringy. To mm. say, I'm just going to meditate now. Sounds real like the spiritual wanker. It actually. sounds like a total <laughs> spiritual wanker. But I, I think it's just like, because people feel like it's this thing, like, that you go and do and... and you're, you're spiritually woke. Oh, look, I'm all spiritual now that I've got my... Meditation Meditation practice. and my gong. I've just bought a gong. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, there is an actual value to it and it does change your state Mm -hmm. and like you were um, looking into like the the meditation with like mass amount of people Mm -hmm. and the effect that can have yeah there's been loads of studies and this is proven on a science level like uh tibetan monks did loads of experiments with science so they they, knew a thing or two those dudes they did and they do (laughs) and they recorded all the stuff through science uh through proper experiments about how Groups of them, uh, I think it was like three or four hundred of them, got together to meditate on a certain vibration. And they monitored the areas around where yeah. they were within a certain distance. So it's like an electro, uh, an electromagnetic field, field around yeah. people, isn't so it? They can monitor frequencies, basically. Yeah. And then they also monitored crime rates. Uh, they, they had loads of different things in that study yeah. that would show how the vibration or whatever it was changed in their awareness around them. So... There's groups of people getting together now, meditating, trying to raise vibrations of wellness and love, which is cool to see. It's all over the world. So in pockets, that is going to be the polarity of the fear. Mm -hmm. So there has to be both. It takes all sorts to create this world. We need to have both. Uh, It's all God. It's all love. It's all expansion. Yeah, because if we if we actually did ever reach like 
absolute everybody just vibrating at love. We'd just like explode and turn into light. Yeah, we just so disappear. We'd be gone. So <laughs> it's not even like we we necessarily want to sort of get to that point. Mm. You know, it's like uh, allowing all of those polarities and the space for it all. Yes. But then there's there are tipping points where things go too far towards the non-divine, which has happened with the porn industry, like the way things have gone with so many illnesses, diseases, all of these diseases of the mind, like things like alcoholism, like people getting caught up in like these worlds that are very far away from truth and where they uh, where like very far away from who they are and what they were born to do and the purpose that they may have as a soul on this planet. That sounds very hippy-dippy, mm. but it's like it, when you really connect to it, if you were in one of those states, you'd probably hate us, number one. Because <laughs> you'd be like, ah, shut up and go and, <laughs> go and have some fun. Yeah. <laughs> and we're speaking from a place of experience and loads of different things. Like we've both had eating disorders, you've been in the drug world, like, like so many different scenes that have been vibrations that were not expansive and that were not mm. towards our true purpose and not feeling good and mm. just really in states of disempowerment and not moving towards uh, anything worthwhile. Yeah. And also like with you uh, talking about the way that they tested the vibration, that's like the same as what they would have done for different emotional states, like tested the mm -hmm. actual frequency mm -hmm. that someone uh, projects out when they're mm -hmm. feeling fear. Mm -hmm. And the, you know these are based on science. science. Yeah. Bruce Lipton, biology of belief, are one of incredible. our favorites. <laughs> yeah, we are obsessed with that guy. <laughs> and he says about how our environment dictates ourselves, not our DNA. Yes. So, and this is proven on a science level, and it is a massive thing when you think about disease. It's the people around you, the environment that you live in, the vibration that you surround yourself with. So what you're exposing yourself on a daily, and this is on a food level as well. What's the vibration of your food? What's the vibration of the media that you're intaking? What's the vibration of the people you're around? Mm. What's the vibration of the actual atmosphere and the environment that you live in? Are you living under a tower that's emitting frequencies that are really poor for your health? Yeah. And on a cellular level, you have receptors that go out to everything around you. And they take in information, they mimic it, they either go into a state of uh, a vibration of growth, expansion, wellness, or they go into a dysfunctional state, mm. toxic state, a mutated state. Mm. And this is where cancer comes from. Any kind of diseases in the body that are to do with cells malfunctioning, basically yeah. every kind of disease in the body. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. And that's like another thing as well with, with the biology of belief, why our programs are so important for our actual health, because what we believe um, from what we've been programmed mm -hmm. as children and, and growing up, that's how we perceive any situation. So if we experience something, it's down to our beliefs, how we perceive the, the level of stress. Mm -hmm. So whether it's something to really fear or something to be really sad over. So we can kind of look at all of those old programs and beliefs and and look at how they might be causing so much stress and inflammation in our bodies that we're actually creating disease mm -hmm. and potential disease. for yeah disease potential for things like cancer and and those cells to mm -hmm. to kind of turn on us mm. and it's funny to look at the different types of diseases that manifest as well so it'll be like in a family there might be a predisposed what do you call it pre yeah pre determined determined illness like heart disease 
and that yeah. could just be that there's been a massive heartache all the way through the family line yeah and that has never been expressed or released or uh dealt with on an emotional energetic level mm. and we see this time and time again how like and all the stuff that's proving or been proven in science now with persistent especially um how our beliefs actually shape ourselves mm. so if we have a belief that we are going to die of a heart attack because our parents or our grandparents or our aunts or whatever it's in the family yeah you actually start to own manifest that belief it. and you yeah. start to manifest it because you are afraid of it yeah. so you start to feel oh my god i'm going to die of a heart attack better better look after my heart but you're looking after your heart from a place of oh my god i'm going to die of a heart yeah. attack so well, we've been taught we, we've been uh, taught to believe that we have no control over our things. genetics that we if if that runs in our family we're going to get that mm -hmm. and it's like looking at the epigenetics where we see actually the truth and this is only like the last 20 years or so mm. i think this has been Quite studied new. so it's not in the mainstream it's not in education or anything like that um but it's so empowering to have this information and know that we are actually the masters of our mm. um, our bodies and our cells and our health. And when you tune into it, like the more we tune into it and the more I get awareness around uh, my own health, I can see myself manifesting sickness. I can tell when I'm sick where it's come from. I can tell what emotional state I'm in. I can tell if I get an injury where it's come from. And it is full body mastery. It's like mastering your own energy and realizing that you are responsible for manifesting everything you have in your life. Mm. And it's not pointing fingers outwards. It's like, what am I internal is coming out of my external? Why do I feel this way? It's not because people are assholes or I'm getting annoyed at people. It's like there's something in me that's actually attracting that or there's something in me that I haven't dealt with that's actually making me feel like that. Or oh, it's the best best thing to do <laughs> i freaking love doing this <laughs> like i'll i'll see some of the things that annoy me about other people or other situations write it all down and then like they turn the finger back yeah on turn you. the fingers back <laughs> on me and then point out all the things in myself where that is in me and then it's like okay now i can see those things in me that i need to either let go of or work on or there's mm. some sort of uh, emotional block there that needs releasing or looking at or listening to mm. and then you can grow and move forward and stop playing out these weird little patterns yeah. and it's funny as well because this was in my awareness like over 10 years ago when I was doing yoga because mm. I had this book called the mirror of yoga but at the time I just couldn't get my head around it like I just didn't understand how how I could be pointing something out that I don't like about someone say like someone's selfish yeah oh that person's selfish I hate selfish people and then to read this book and have that say if you're pointing out something about someone else that you don't like it's actually something in you that you don't like about yourself or that you're afraid of yeah and I was like well that doesn't make sense I'm not selfish at all because everything in my awareness was me trying to not be selfish so in that, it was like still living in the vibration of, I don't want to be selfish. So yeah. you still end up manifesting. What you resist, you yeah. persist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where your attention goes is what grows. What grows, I said that before to, to Nikki, the girl that we did the question for. If anyone's been watching my um, Instagram story, I put some posts up about faux fox fur butt plugs um <laughs> standard, standard you know keeping keeping the uh, the peeps entertained with absolute shite and <laughs> um, but nikki had um posted something about um 
it was something about I'd written about something about becoming enlightened and she she'd said yes to all of that but not the butt plugs <laughs> and I said ah but Rick, Nikki what you resist persists so be careful <laughs> be like the butt plugs coming her way <laughs> just yeah. gotta go, go with it allow 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 for all sorts <laughs> allow space for everything including butt plugs <laughs> Actually, we forgot to mention something on on the butt plug scenario <laughs> uh, about how like body image and stuff. Just just remembered it there. I'm just mm. gonna drag you back into this now. Really. Take me back. <laughs> take me back to the butt plug life. Back back to the butt plug life when you were a lap dancer. <laughs> oh lordy lordy! What was the point about this one? It was how you found that even though the uh, mm. actually how lap dancing uh, helped you mm. accept yourself as you were and realize yeah. that all bodies deserved love and attention because people liked all sorts of bodies yeah like I before I did lap dancing I definitely had a a thing where I would compare myself to to other girls um and this had kind of just started around I guess it was more enhanced when I did start lap dancing because you had all these gorgeous girls walking around Mm. you know a lot with the big boobs and everyone's dolled up in lingerie and spiked heels and all this kind of thing and I realized that every girl in there it wouldn't matter what you looked like there were some girls there with that were overweight with cellulite all over the bums and there were some girls with no boobs some girls with big boobs Uh, you know every shape size color you could think of in there and every single girl would get dances Mm -hmm. and there would be one man that wouldn't get a dance off anyone but you or her. Like, they they would just be like, she's the one. And it really made me um, stop comparing as much and know that, like, it it makes no sense to want to change the way you are because you're you're changing the way you are, but who you are is perfect Mm -hmm. for for you, Mm -hmm. but for someone else. You know, if you're driven, like at that time, I was very driven by wanting to be chosen by the man like I wasn't um you know finding that peace internally it was still seeking externally for the male validation Mm -hmm. so at that time it made me really realize that it's just about being the best you are and not changing your shape like to change your boobs like you know I've got small boobs why would making them bigger mean that I was more worthy or more loved so that was definitely like a positive thing for me that I maybe you were just lucky where you were working as well that there was all different shapes maybe it was just really busy and the guys were real hungry (laughs) 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 maybe that was it but it, it was like even even like towards the end like when I was super muscular and I was still lap dancing I would be absolutely shredded going into work I used to wear like leopard print um, and I used to put like, it was like a frigging jungle, like I was in the jungle or something. I put like ties, leopard print ties around my ankles and stuff. But like I wouldn't get as many dances at that point because I was so different and it Mm. is kind of like a acquired taste. Mm. But I would still get someone that wouldn't get a dance off anyone but me. Mm. You know, it wouldn't matter what you looked like, what girl you were, you would have your thing that makes you so unique Mm. so it woke that part of me up where it was like we're all unique and I am going to embrace what is unique about me Mm -hmm. rather than comparing and trying to be something else Mm -hmm. feeling like that's going to somehow make me 
more desirable or, or better somehow. Mm. So yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah, that's interesting to look mm. at it from like that perspective. And like even just looking back and like how you've been through all of those different waves of like different people and different mm. identities and still come out as yourself. But then that self was was molded from programs yeah. and things. And now it's like, well, how can we strip all of those programs away? every single one of them and build new ones yeah because you can rewrite the programs we've all programmed ourselves on certain levels as well by what we've exposed ourselves to the guys or the people that we've attracted into our lives so say you have a pattern of attracting a certain type of person to you so say you you love helping people and you spend all of your energy trying to help people and literally all of your attention goes into giving uh, doing things for people all of your energy goes into making sure other people feel good and in that we keep attracting the not it doesn't get reciprocated for mm, us you end up attracting people that, that use you yeah they use you and they have the issues that kind of need caring for mm -hmm. so then they kind of right relinquish that power mm -hmm. that that you know responsibility of their own yeah. stuff and you can kind of take it on so you'll attract if you are in that vibration you attract people who want to be looked after people who want to uh have someone do everything for them and then you will always feel uh not worthy mm. of the same because you keep attracting people who are the opposite who need that hole filled and you're filling a void and then you're not getting what you want so it's mm. good to check yourself in the scenarios especially for people who say people are selfish mm. or uh, i'm always giving and i don't get it in return yeah i'm feeling resentful then mm -hmm. and then spending every day picking at the picking on the partner or the person for making you do everything and, and not stepping up to the bar and it's like we have to take full ownership mm -hmm. for these things that play out mm -hmm. especially if you are uh, caught up in judging other people so if you have got a partner or people in your awareness then you're always picking at them based on your own standards like yeah. okay these are my standards i'm going to pick at you because you're not living up to them well you've chosen to be with that person where is your ownership in that you know, like if I was picking at someone, and this is why I'm being very careful about like who I surround myself with, who I'm attracting, all of that. Like if I find myself judging somebody, I'm like, well, why am I judging them? Or also, why am I keeping them around yeah. if I, I feel like I don't vibrate with them? Yeah, it's like step out. Don't just stay there. Like this is something that I really like. Oh, like it upset me when I finally sort of realized this in my last relationship. And we can go, it will do a whole episode on relationships. Goddamn, we can do This is turning like, into a relationship. I know. <laughs> but it was like, because I was coming from a place of lack, and this was not from a conscious place, this was unconscious. I was going into relationships from a place of lack, so I was desperately seeking um, that masculine, that love, that... Um, void. Yeah, that void, trying to fill that void of loneliness and all of those things so I was getting into relationships and what I what I was doing was creating like almost like a fictitious character and an overlay when I would meet someone and I would decide who they were without really getting to know who they were and then the minute they don't live up to the 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 character that you have that I had created it's like then I would pick at them mm -hmm. and and when uh, myself and my last partner were kind of coming to the end of the relationship, I realized that for say the, like the last four months or whatever, I had really spent a lot of time saying, why don't you do this? You could, you would be better if you did this. Read this book, 
And I was just like really desperately trying to make, and it was coming from a place of like, I, w I was trying to save the relationship because I felt like he would be better <laughs> if he was like this. Mm. But the, what I wanted him to be like was not him. Mm. It was what I what had dreamt up mm. and created because that would have made us perfect together if he was, you mm. know, and it wasn't reality. Mm. So it was when I realized I'd been doing that and I stopped doing that and then connected back to him as a person and who he really was and felt so um, allowing of him to just be that person and not want him to change and love him from that place. And I really loved him again mm -hmm. at that point, you know. That's when we were able to split up, actually, mm. because it was like I realised the that it wasn't reality and that it is just not fair to stay with someone and pick at them and judge them and that they should be different or should be mm -hmm. something else to, to fill fill your void. Mm. It's like, no. So that was a, a, that was amazing because I was able to step away and give him some goddamn peace. Mm. And, this is <laughs> and give happens. me peace. You know, yeah. we both had more peace then. Mm. When you start looking at the layers, you find the awareness to be able to look at yourself on that level. Instead of avoiding all of your shit, you're actually really looking at why these patterns are attracted to you, why you are attracting the same patterns again. And then you can catch them before they manifest again in the next relationship or mm -hmm. the next scenario that you get yourself into or whatever. And then you start to look at things of like, okay, well, how can I change who I am to attract what I actually want? Yeah. And this is real manifestation. It's like full ownership of yourself. And this will go full loop to internal, external, what we have in our awareness now and all the people that are finger pointing to other people and telling other people that they should be doing this, that and the other. It's like, well, actually turn that finger back on yourself. What are you doing mm. to help this scenario? What are you doing to help whatever is going on for you externally? What What is in your control or what? how are you empowering or disempowering yourself and others around you? Are you being the best example you can be for others? Mm. But this is like so many relationships are in those overlays. Mm. And like, it's like two people living together in completely different realities. Because mm -hmm. one of them has decided the other one's like this. And the other one's decided she's like this. But then neither of them are those people. <laughs> and then they wonder why they actually don't get on. Yeah. And they only get on when they are playing the the roles the that they've been given. Mm. And, then, and then when you start looking and things start to become clear and you realize that you're living in overlay and it's not actually you that's when relationships break apart mm. because then you're like well i can't live through that bullshit anymore and then it's like oh well i'm gonna have to actually step out of this one mm. like then it's like you, you're faced with a decision that could be that could feel crippling for you because you've been with someone for six years and all of a sudden you're like shit i don't want to be with them anymore because i'm not growing anymore and they're not who I thought they were, you know, because the overlay was there. So it's like, then you have to decide whether you want to actually step up and grow and let go or stay stuck in the same vibration that you don't want to be in anymore and then create your own suffering. It's crazy that we've got to this on this podcast. <laughs> we have spoken about so many things. <laughs> oh my God, I promise it will get more. I don't know. I don't no, promise anything. No, it's been anything. good. It's I don't been promise good. anything. No, no, it's cool. <laughs> But yeah, I think we've pretty That's much a lot. gone gone into everything we, we wanted to. Um, mm. So like, yeah, if anybody wants to drop us a little message. A question yeah, for the next one. <laughs> drop us a question or if there's any like topic you want us to go deep diving into, 
let us know. We're feeling like the next one we're probably going to talk about eating disorders. Mm. So if anyone has any questions around that, it'll be cool to get some kind of interaction going that we can answer. But we'll we'll delve into that one in a big way. Yeah, that'll be cool. And we can like talk, tell tell you all our stories of, of personal experiences. Mm. Um, and that's where we're always coming from. Mm. It's always things that we've experienced mm-hmm. and, and that's where we're sharing from. Mm. There'll be a relationship, sex slash tantra episode fucking all sorts guys <laughs> tune in or miss out that's <laughs> all i'm saying yo yo oh <laughs> on that note guys it's been deep and meaningful mostly deep <laughs> <laughs> wait 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 <laughs> before we finish up um myself and rosie have just gone off and had our our little discussions as we normally do about everything and we've been discussing what we talked about on the podcast and kind of some stuff that came up and because we're all about full honesty full disclosure pointing out each other's triggers shit blind spots whatever um we just thought we would add something to this because we were talking about plastic surgery uh breast implants um and all the different layers to like botox and cosmetic surgery and stuff and one thing that we didn't mention is that Rosie's actually had a nose job and I just brought this up afterwards as a point of it's actually the same thing really as getting your breasts done and it's just from a different lens and there's so many different layers to all of this stuff as to why we get things done so we thought we would just elaborate a little bit further on this one. Mm. I mean we were chatting for like well over an hour about this like just sort of brought up loads of cool questions actually and um just gave us a chance to really delve into how we feel about it Mm -hmm. and yeah just kind of giving a wider lens actually because it's always good to to check your own uh, projections yeah blind spots and all these different things that are going on and yeah 2015 I got my nose done and uh, the reasons why I wanted that done was because my facial features had changed um, through some of the protocols I was following in all the years of bodybuilding. <laughs> um, and also I broke my nose as well and um, <laughs> smashed it in on one side um, in a shopping car park. <laughs> Um, nothing I, violent just the car no, door right? like it was the weirdest like the cars were just parked so close together and when I tried to get into the car I opened the door really fast and I was in the way <laughs> so smashed it on one side so I had like one uh, my left side was um, kind of crushed in so the breathing was uh, not so great either on that side um, and I guess you know um, I was trying to um, become this bodybuilder with this uh, image you know it was like a lot of photo shoots video shoots all this kind of thing and I was always uh, pretty confident like I felt like I was beautiful I didn't feel ugly or you know like it wasn't like every day I just didn't even I couldn't leave the house or anything like that (laughs) Um, so it was it was definitely um the the symmetry thing because of the break and I felt like because my my face had changed when I looked in the mirror it was like oh like it was like that reminder I guess of what I'd what I'd done to myself and I wasn't quite ready to 
own up to it Mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't ready to face up to perhaps some of the things that I was doing that was changing me and creating a bit more of a masculine appearance. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe there was a little bit of just wanting to cover that up and get Mm. rid of that. Um, But yeah, definitely for me, a lot of the photo shoot stuff, I, I always noticed the pictures and videos. I would be like such a lively bubbly character but then I had in the back of my head oh like oh god what lighting are they getting are they getting it where my nose looks really obvious and you can see the bend in it Mm. so it kind of stopped me from being able to just be myself when I was like getting interviewed or working out or anything I felt like really self-conscious about it Um, but I wouldn't have that same feeling when I was just chatting with a friend or Mm. out in a club or anything Mm. like that so I just decided to do it uh, my partner at the time really didn't want me to do it. <laughs> Nobody else wanted me to do it or thought I should do it. So um, it felt like quite an internal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, no one reflected to you that you needed to do that. No, yeah. no, it felt like quite a yeah, like personal. a yeah, personal and, and clear decision. Um, so I went and had that done, and I was so particular. Sorry, I can't speak. My tongue's rolling around <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> She's nervous. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I, I was so particular with the surgeon about what I wanted. I really didn't want to look different. I didn't want to be a different person. It was like I still wanted to look like me and just um, change it as as little as possible, really, but just kind of neaten it up Fix and it. make it look a little bit more cute. Um, <laughs> so... I was so pleased with it and I will say to this day it's one of the best things I've ever done. I was Mm. so happy with it Um, and it made a huge difference for for a lot of things. Um, Yeah, so... There's layers to this whole uh, plastic surgery kind of changing things and we're still like... The, the on the fence about it a little bit yeah, or it's really things. hard to, to to kind of come to and it's like it's going to be so different for every single person mm-hmm. and it's very easy to get into a place of judgment mm. when like i would never get a boob job but i've had a nose job exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's like um to 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 kind of be like why does why would someone get a boob job? It's like well, because everybody has different things that bother them, mm-hmm. different hangups. Uh-huh. Like you were saying, you were never unhappy with your boobs, so of course that's not going to be. I'm not going to have it done yeah. exactly. So if you're unhappy with your nose, you're going to have it done. And then I uh-huh. I've been thinking about it because it hasn't really been in my awareness that I don't really like my nose because it's like big. It's beautiful. It's beautiful and big you. on my face. <laughs> uh, it's like a Jewish nose, a good strong nose. Well, that was it with me. Everybody started asking, uh, "Where are you from? Are you from? Uh, are you Pakistani? Are you <laughs> Israeli?" And I was like, "No, like, because my face did. Mm. I looked very foreign, you know, because mm. of that one feature." And I've had like comments on YouTube and stuff like, "Look the size of the beak on her." And like stuff like that and my nose will look different from different angles and if i smile in a photo or if i'm smiling in a video or laughing it looks totally different to when i'm just still Mm. so then i feel like i freeze my face sometimes when i'm talking so like my face is not as expressive as it would normally be Mm. and these are like really stupid little things but it's like it does make you think and then it's like there's things to weigh up like trauma like if you have surgery you're creating trauma in your system it's like unnecessary it's visual it's like why do I need to change my face to be more accepted like all of those things so for me it probably 
wouldn't get that done but it's like just because this this stuff is so accessible like Mm. it's so easy to go and get a nose job but it's like what else will I want to change if I do that it's Mm. like kind of really questioning the whys behind you are doing something and it's like not saying I wouldn't but it's like not if I'm not clear on something it's like I'm not gonna venture down that road just in case I cause issues and for me it's like health over anything else as well so it's like that's gonna make cause me issues or whatever I'm not gonna do it yeah, we were like, because um, we, we messaged one of our friends as well about it, because mm. we were like, I wonder what Miller Miller will <laughs> say about this, because it's just kind of cool to, like, we'll be like this all the time about stuff, it's like just trying to delve into it and uh, take those layers off and find a bit more um, clarity. Just but, have a wide lens on it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, and um, we were like, um, like one of the things Miller was saying was about, well, it depends where it comes from for someone, so mm. like for me... Um, it it wasn't sort of like I had all these um, deep insecurities and I felt like the nose job was the only thing that would make me happy. Mm-hmm. There were some little things there and I was, you know, pretty, pretty confident and happy before and it just enhanced mm-hmm. where I was. And then perhaps you'd have someone that is deeply um, sort of traumatised each day just because they don't look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it can be like a distorted view of how they look Mm -hmm. but then it's like okay well how do we decide if that's a distorted view Mm. like because then it's only our lens to their lens Mm -hmm. that decides that also if it's debilitating someone like if it is really uh depressing them every day and if changing that one thing would make them feel different and if it if that proves to be true well then it's actually probably better for that person and their growth to get it done Mm -hmm. and just to as as long as they're aware that that won't create happiness but it may make them feel better like if it makes them feel more confident to do a video or to share who they are or to whatever to to just go about their day feeling better about themselves what where where is the line with like uh, makeup where it's the line with cosmetic surgery botox fillers like there's so many things we can do to alter our appearance hairstyles mm. fake tan like the they're just more extreme versions of it and then it becomes into like permanently changing your uh actual physical self and then there's like the makeup tattoos like yeah. loads of different things well this is like what we were saying because because miller was saying well it's a fine line from um you know someone just going in with a, a more healthier uh, reasoning to mm. someone that's actually you know could do with some other uh, help first for some other sort of therapy or mm. whatever first but it's like everybody's line is different mm. so there is no line yeah exactly like if someone was doing it like if they were getting a boob job to please a partner and then they broke up and then the next partner didn't well, like s- yeah. small natural, natural breasts <laughs> it's like oh now I've got to get them taken out so mm. it's just to be for each person to question it for themselves mm. like there there should be no judgment from us or mm. anyone else about how anyone else wants to like explore this and the thing is like you're not going to know until you've had it done mm. <laughs> whether it was something that enhances your life or whether it's something that just continues to need more and more and mm. more you, you don't just continually chase the next surgery or whatever yeah mm. yeah so it's um it's definitely a kind of complex one and especially um you're kind of uh, on a little bit more of a spiritual journey 
and then you start questioning um, the importance of the way you look mm. and the body mm. and like it's supposed to be just this vessel that mm. uh, the essence of you flows through mm -hmm. so why does it really matter mm -hmm. if your nose mm. looks different mm -hmm. or like it's how... like letting go of the physical so yeah. like then why is the physical even fa a factor yeah mm. yeah it's all external views of what aesthetics are. Mm. So. Yeah, mm. yeah, because that was the other thing that um, Miller was saying. There'll be some things you could get done and you would get it done just because, well, it just looks better, doesn't it? Mm. And then we were like, well, who says? Who says it looks who, better? Who <laughs> says that the bigger breasts look better? Well, they, it's social, it's mm -hmm. cultural. And they're in now, and will they be in in 10 years' time? Yeah, mm. yeah. So trend-based then. Uh -huh. Is your body a trend? <laughs> Yeah, it's good to kind of look at all of all of the angles on it. But yeah, it's complex. Mm. So I guess if anyone has a story they'd like to share about their own surgery or what they've changed and mm. their reason behind it, that would be kind of cool for us to share on here as well. Uh, we are open. If anyone has a really cool big story, please share that with us too. Yeah, that would <laughs> be really cool because it's um it's nice to just get all these different different lenses mm. and um, give us more um, insight. In, insight yeah. Mm. Oh. As to the whys. So if you've had surgery or anything like that to change your physical, uh, like liposuction, boobs, butt, whatever, mm. Botox, uh, if you get regular fillers, uh, how has it changed your life and have you continued to seek other uh, forms of changing your body as well? Yeah, how did it make, did it make you feel different on the inside or is there any stories where someone had something done and then realised they felt just the same mm. on the inside? And that's there's a, actually a really cool audiobooks called Cyber Cyber Cybernetics. Cybernetics, yeah. <laughs> cyber. Is it psycho cybernetics or cyber? Cybernetics. Cybernetics. I can't say it, but yeah, it's all about plastic surgery and the people who change their appearance and and then still feel ugly on the inside. So like we mentioned earlier, that ugly duckling syndrome mm. where even though they change physically, they still feel like that ugly person, uh, ugly in inverted commas there, because why is ugly? <laughs> yeah, so you get people that would do that just by, uh, you know, doing something like dieting and changing the body shape. Mm -hmm. So then it's just like that next step, isn't it, where it's like actually surgically, mm. but the risks are higher. <laughs> like, yeah, to turn back from it. Exactly, mm. yeah, yeah. Oh, that was the other thing as well. We were talking about the breast implants. Mm -hmm. Your body rejects um, yeah mm. and and wondering whether um once someone starts to change their obviously in this episode we spoke a lot about someone's vibration mm -hmm. of the, the vibrational frequency of their body if they started to lift their raise their own vibration but that had implants a while ago like their body would probably start to reject it because mm -hmm. it would not fit in mm -hmm. with the vibration so that's and it is a toxin it's a foreign object and i know of people who have had massive pain when this has started to happen so their breasts actually got really sore mm. and they had to get surgery to remove them and there's a big movement now about removing breast implants as well because of leakages and literally they they don't like them anymore their so their bodies rejecting stuff. them mm -hmm. there's so much stuff and people feeling like they have like these autoimmune it's like my mum's got uh, her because my mum had breast cancer um like years ago and had to have a mastectomy and then implants and hers have burst mm. burst now so she's kind of waiting to and that was like another thing for me around breast implants. I think um, unconsciously I probably had trauma around that. Mm. So it's like rejecting the whole idea of it because mm. my mum had to have her breast removed and had to have implant implants because of cancer. So it was like 
it's why would you do why would you do you know mm. so it's like we have all these mm. funny little layers and judgments because of our our own experiences mm. they creep in the whole time so yeah. it's good that we can call them out as they happen this is us yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah there's our little addition to the podcast um so again, thank you. Thank you. And hit us up if you have any questions. Again, share your stories and like and share. If you're enjoying the podcast, let us know. And we'll talk to you on the next one. Peace. Yo, yo. Time to listen up and download with Claire and Rosie. They're gonna be talking deep and meaningful. Yo, yo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dot com.